You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the all-new Razor Guide Pack from Outdoor Edge has it all. Coming in at only 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast, which is brought to you by Tacticam. This is your home for all things outdoors in the Badger State, and I'm your host, Josh Raley. I hope you all had a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We've got a couple of days until uh, till the New Year here. So, man, I don't know about you if you're making New Year's resolutions or that kind of thing, but, you know, this is that time of year that I'm usually feeling pretty uh, introspective, pretty reflective about my past year. And so for this week's episode, I had my buddy Pierce on. We kind of caught up for a bit. We haven't talked uh, a whole lot over the last couple of weeks. And so we just caught up and we also talk a bit about our highs and lows from this past year. Now, Pierce and I are both kind of uh, on similar trajectories when it comes to our lives. So uh, in this past year, we both started new businesses. In this past year, we both uh, spent a good time in the turkey woods, a good bit of time, and spent a good bit of time chasing whitetails. We both also had really great turkey seasons and really great deer seasons and have experienced a good bit of success with our businesses. So we both have a lot to be thankful for, had a lot to catch up on, and a lot to reflect on here as we're coming down to the end of the year. So in this episode, we kind of, you know, share some of those things that are highlights from the past year, some highs and lows, some lessons learned. And uh, one thing we both agreed on was, man, you know, having buddies that share our passions uh, has just made this year that much better. So definitely looking forward to the future our continued friendship, uh, and, you know, sharing the outdoors with more and more people. This is now also the final episode before uh, we get into the new year. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming up for 2023 with the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast. 
Uh, already working on planning some trips back up. Looks like I drew season A for turkeys this year, so I'll get uh, get out there for the actual opening day of turkey season, which is one of my favorite times of the year to get out because I just love hunting big flocks. Uh, I love hunting these birds before they've been pestered, and I love seeing how they respond to decoys early in the season. I'm going to talk about that just a little bit here in this episode. But I know a lot of you guys have a lot going on before that with ice fishing and all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, Anyway, we've got a lot of great episodes coming up as well. One of them we kind of allude to here in this podcast. uh, Namely, we're going to be talking winter trout fishing, which is something that I have never done. But looking forward to hearing Pierce's experience on that front. Before we jump into the episode today, though, I do just want to say a big thanks to our partners. First of all, Tacticam. They are the title sponsor of this show. They make the absolute best point of view cameras for outdoorsmen. Right now, they've got their 6.0 and their Solo Extreme cameras, which are both on top of their game. That 6.0 camera gives you 4K 60 frame per second footage, up to 8x zoom, a touch LCD screen. It's taken image stabilization to a whole new level compared to last year's models, and you get all of that in a weatherproof housing. That Solo Extreme camera is also incredible. It gives you HD footage, all the other things that you've come to expect from your Tacticam cameras, like one-touch operation, up to 8x zoom, and all that in a compact, weatherproof package, but in a more budget-friendly option than the 6.0 camera. If you can learn more about the 6.0, the Solo Extreme, and Tacticam's full line of products at Tacticam.com, pick one up today and start sharing your hunt with Tacticam. This episode is also brought to you by Huntworth. They are making comfortable, durable camo without the sticker shock of some of the other brands. You know who I'm talking about. This year, I've been wearing their tarnin pattern, hunting the piney hills of the southeast and the farmland mosaic of the Midwest. And I, man, had a wonderful experience with this pattern. I did not get busted one time in the tree. Now, I was smelled, but I was never picked off. The deer never saw me in the tree, which is absolutely huge. If you're hunting somewhere where it snows right now, they've also got an incredible snow camo that you need to check out. Also, temperatures are dropping. We're just getting out of an absolute brutal cold snap. If you're not wearing their heat boost line, you are really, really missing out. Head over to their website, huntworthgear.com. Go check out that heat boost line. And finally, this episode is brought to you by the Onyx Hunt app. Onyx gives you up-to-date landowner information, color-coded public and private land boundaries, and tons of tools to help you hunt smarter. There is no other tool that I use more than my Onyx Hunt app. It just came out with an awesome feature that, man, I'll be honest with you, I'm pretty bummed about it because I can't do this in my vehicle because I have a crappy car, but they just came out with the ability to have Onyx on your Apple CarPlay. Now, for those of you with nice enough trucks and stuff to uh, know how all of that works, man, good for you. Uh, But I've seen it on Instagram here lately where a lot of guys are kind of showing theirs off and it looks absolutely incredible. It is going to make scouting from the road way, way easier. It's going to make getting around to your favorite public land spots that much easier. It's going to make finding permission on new ground that much easier. What an awesome tool. If you're not already using Onyx, you can try it free for up to seven days. You can find it on the app store of your choice now or you can learn more at onyxmaps.com now with all of that out of the way let's jump right into the episode talking highs and lows from this year and lessons learned with pierce nellis all right ladies and gentlemen you know him you love him mr pierce nellis is back on the wisconsin sportsman podcast what's up pierce not much man just recovering from christmas oh dude you and me both man when Gosh, I tell you, it's like the older I get, the less tolerance my body has for the kinds of things I do around Christmas. Like, I don't know right. about you, but I am paying for eating the way that I did over the last couple of days. 
I don't know. I'm, I was thinking that and in my head, I was like, you know, this has been a lot of candy being thrown down. Cause of course, you know, there's just dishes of the crap laying out. And so I'm like, well, let's do a little drive by and snag one. I'm like, after, I don't know, probably nine or 10, I'm like, this is probably too much. But then I don't know. I felt okay this morning. So Dude, I'm gonna I, ride that train while I can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can do it, man. But like, my body is like begging for me to stop. Like, I, yeah, I, it is. I've just been throwing so much at it. So, like, this morning, I'm not proud of this. This morning, my wife made a dessert uh, yesterday called a trifle. It's got some brownie, like some chocolate cake, in it. It's got uh, chocolate pudding. It's got whipped cream, and it's got Oreos, and they're just layered. Oh my God. On top of each other. And it's, and it's like, you know, seven or eight inches tall. So, I mean, it's this huge layered concoction. That sounds like a quick and easy breakfast. Oh dude, I've been smashing it since yesterday. And (laughs) last night, right before bed, I ate a ton of it. I woke up, I kid you not. I woke up at five 30 this morning and I was like, dude, I could go down to the basement, hit a workout before the kids ever wake up, start my day strong. I went downstairs. I smashed some trifle with some milk and I went back to sleep. <laughs> it it is embarrassing. That's not the direction I thought that was going. No, not at all, man. Not at all. And like I'm sitting there just like with all this shame on my shoulders as I am just stuffing my face. With, <laughs> with this trifle, but anyways, man, yeah. So That's it's awesome. I thought you were gonna say you did go get the workout in, and somehow it felt great being fueled by all that crap. And <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. No, I I ate all that crap again, and then I went back to sleep. So, oh, yeah. Sorry At to disappoint. Eight hours, in, man. That's right. no. no I, I was thinking it was gonna go the way that so I used to have a theory in college that like the day after a big night of drinking. We're just going out and hit the town. The day after was like, as soon as you got your hangover out of the way, the day after that was like prime time for like, just getting the best workout of your life in. (laughs) And I like, I held on to that theory all through college. I haven't tested it for quite a while, really since then. But (laughs) you know what, when you're in college, it may be true. But when you hit 30, I thought it was dude. when you hit 30, I think I think your body just drinking's not the same when you're <laughs> when you're older. You know what I mean? Like and yeah. and I, I drink very occasionally now and it's always very mm-hmm. carefully. A drink or two here, you know, a beer with dinner or something right. like that. But I do remember my wilder days and I just think, how in the world do you even operate? Like how do you right. how do you go through life like that? But anyways. Pierce, we're here to talk about better times tonight. We are going to do a quick episode. We may keep this one a little bit shorter. I know I'm kind of keeping you on into the evening at this point uh, because we got on the phone and we started chatting and I should have just hit record a long time ago because we talked for like an hour and then, then we started recording. But I wanted to have you on and talk about kind of a, a year in review, right? Like we've both had Mm -hmm. a heck of a year, not only with, you know, businesses, not only with uh, work and family obligations and stuff, but just with the outdoors in general, man. Like I just look back, like I told you, I was like, I don't even, 
remember the whole year very well. But I start going back right. through my camera roll, and it's like, I can't believe all this stuff happened in 2022. You yeah. know, I, I can't believe the amount I'm of right with you, cool man. experiences that I was able to have in just one year. So let's just start like this. Pierce, on a scale of 1 to 10, where do you put 2022? If if 2020 and all the COVID stuff is a hard zero, uh, where do you where do you rank 2022? Oh, man. That's tough because I got a lot of fishing in during 2020, during that's, the whole pandemic. That's thing. true, dude. But, I, uh, <laughs> I, I fished and turkey hunted like a fiend in 2020. Right. Dude, that's I, that's when I learned to turkey hunt was 2020. So, Dude, same. Yeah, same. 2021 hit the ground running and made it happen. I, I would say 2022 is like – I would give it a, a solid like 8.5 out of 10 this year. Okay. All it right. Was, it was a darn good year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So how did all you All things considered, given all the life changes and all that stuff, I I pretty darn happy with it. Yeah. So how would you rank? I mean, did you start off January doing anything? Were you out late season hunting last January or did things kind of kick off once spring rolled around for you? Well, actually, as we were sitting there joking about uh, rolling through our camera roll, I did get one hunt in um, that first week of January before everything happened. But uh, actually, one, once trout season opened up last year, um, that was when things really kind of started taking off for me. Uh, good chance fly fishing. My guide company started, uh, I believe, January 18th. Uh, we were born. Um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, since then, I mean, I just kind of hit the ground running and, uh, you know, fished, fished Wisconsin, fished Iowa, fished Illinois a little bit. Um, yeah, I didn't, I kind of kept it around there, but yeah, I got a lot of trout work in, uh, right off the bat and that maintained steam all the way till the end of October. Yeah, man. And winter trout fishing is something we're going to talk about, uh, Yes, sir. Maybe an episode or two from now, because that was actually yeah. going to be one of our topics for the evening. And then I realized this is the last episode of 2022. So I've got to do a year in review. I don't want to do it after the mm-hmm. first of the year, but man, <laughs> I, I'm looking back here and, you know, for me, the equipment that I have now that I record with is like, it's all just normal. Like this is just how I do the podcast thing. I bought right. all this fancy equipment January 1st of 2022. <laughs> that blows my mind. That makes the year feel really long. Dude, I can't believe that. Like I was straight <clears throat> slumming it until <laughs> until a year ago, man. And you know, just yeah. the the number of things that have happened over the past year. You know, I kicked off the year in January last year doing a ton of um postseason scouting. Did a lot mm-hmm. of lot of postseason scouting last year. Realized really, really quickly that the properties that I like to hunt don't hold a lot of deer <laughs> um, <laughs> in the it, during during the winter. Um, they're they're kind of more on the private parcels with a little bit more a uh, little bit more sure. ag. But uh, another thing that I did do last year though is I started hunting quite a bit for for pheasant and. You know, guys have mixed feelings about pheasant hunting on Mm -hmm. game farms, but I had a buddy, I have a buddy who really enjoys hunting on these game farms and would always invite me. And it was always, uh, Mm -hmm. 
there's always a free ride. So it's like, yeah, man, we'll go, we'll go pheasant hunting. And, um, did a ton of that in like January, February, March, early-ish March. Mm -hmm. And, um, dude, when we, when I would go with him, we would stock, he would stock like 30 pheasants in a field. So, (laughs) yeah. So you and two other guys, usually it was three of us and we would Mm -hmm. go out and there would be 30 pheasants between the three of us. And it was just incredible, like just unreal, unreal pheasant hunting. So I've got a, even from the very beginning, I think I've got to rank 2022 up there with like a, I'd give it a solid nine, like a solid nine, man, way, way up there because a lot more happened throughout the year too that I've, that I right. want us to get to. So, but let's talk a little bit about, you know, getting into the spring. So you started strong with fishing. You also got right into, mm-hmm. uh, into your guide company. Things continued to expand and grow. Right. So yep. you know, talk, talk yep. to me a little bit about where you're at now and kind of, uh, you know, how the, how that whole element was for, especially with guiding for 2022. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was a blast, man. It really was. I, I got to fish with some really, really awesome folks. Um, just learned a ton about, I mean, from myself, um, from, I mean, from a, from a guiding standpoint, you know, this is my first year, kind of a self-taught guide. Um, uh, and, and I mean, it, I kind of at a loss for words because honestly it was just, it was a great <laughs> season, honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we had a little bit of a, little bit of a slow spell, um, that I'm hoping we'll be able to fill in, uh, this year. Um, but I mean, I, I got to fish with some awesome folks. We had some awesome action. Um, especially during later summer, um, we had some really good trips where we were throwing big foam bugs to some angry trout that were ready to eat just about anything. Nice. Um, I'm still, I, I still have like, I will shut my eyes at night and I will see, uh, when, I was able to fish with, uh, Sam Billhorn from, uh, <clears throat> Whitetail Partners. Uh, at, I had him and his son out and we were in this little riffle and his son hadn't gotten the fish yet. And, uh, he, he just made a great real short cast right into this riffle and like a 15 inch Brown came up and just slurped it and just thrashed around like crazy. And then, uh, I botched the net job there, unfortunately. Oh, um, no. We weren't able to get that one in, but just as I was about to scoop him, we, were, we just had a little too much slack, and you know, his son's little arms were <laughs> fully extended up above him, and he wasn't able to, to maintain tension. I mean, this thing was like in our lap, like basically, you know, at our legs, flopping around, and sure. so that was a bummer. But I still see that one. But I mean, that was one of the honestly one of the coolest experience. I, I would say. That trip was one of my favorites of the year for sure. Getting to see Samsung get his first couple fish and and all that, and you know, get get some young folks into the into the game. It was that was a riot. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it going into next year where things are things are looking good. I think we got things dialed in pretty well, and excited to get more folks out there. Are you booking yet? Yes. Yep. Okay. We're all booking right. right now. Um, we've actually got a a blog post on our. Um, website now kind of outlining the, the four seasons of the four seasons within trout season, I should say of winter, spring, summer, and fall. Oh, nice. Um, okay. And just kind of what to expect. So folks can go check that out. Um, 
you know, my number's on there as well. So feel free to call or text there or submit an inquiry through our website. But uh, that, that blog post was designed solely to uh, basically give folks an idea of what to expect throughout the year. And they can kind of tailor their, uh, their experience off of that. Um, and, you know, at the same time too, I mean, if it's always, it's all, it's about learning really, you know? And so we're, if folks want to get into it for the first time or if they, you know, they want to come out and they've been doing it for a few years and they just want to help, you know, help with getting some stuff dialed in a little bit better or fishing a specific way, you know, that's, we do it all. So yeah. yeah. What's the website welcome. again? Uh, goodchancefilyfishing.com. Sweet. Sweet. So this isn't, we're, we weren't doing a commercial for your, for your stuff, man, but if it's good no, there, no. if it's good there, we want to get that out. I mean, folks should definitely start calling you now so that they're not trying to call you, mm-hmm. you know, last minute and like, Hey, I hope you got a spot yep. open. You know what I mean? So yep. sweet. So exactly. man, the sooner the better. The calendar's going to be a little tighter this year. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So man, as the snow started to melt, I'm looking through my camera roll here and I'm realizing I did a lot of hiking with the family lot of non-hunting related stuff. Did you get into a lot of uh, non-hunting, non-fishing related outdoor stuff this year, or was it pretty much focused in on uh, fishing and hunting? You know, I didn't get nearly as much hiking in as I normally do. Usually I even do a decent bit of running um, just on back roads and stuff. And I just, I was spending so much time on the water and with other work and, uh, you know, just on the road for, for work as well. And, uh, I didn't get a chance to do quite as much, um, hiking, unfortunately that when I did though, it was mostly like, I, I guess later in the year, well, I'm thinking of it, it was, it was quite a bit of mostly scouting, I should say, um, whether it be for, for fly fishing or for, for hunting, but, um, foraging was actually something that I kind of, gave a shot this year that yeah. I think I'm definitely going to be doing more of next year. Yeah. How many, uh, how many morels did you find? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I was good at foraging. <laughs> no, I, I knew the answer to that one before, uh, before I even asked. And that, that's actually why I asked because, you know, snow melted, things turned into spring. We hit the ground running with turkey hunting. Uh, yes, sir. I think we both had a pretty good, Pretty good turkey season, huh? How many birds did you get this yeah, year? Yeah, we did. I only got the one this year. You only got the one. Um, I, I yeah, didn't kill as many one. as I normally I would either. On a number, but. Yeah. Yeah, so walk me through. You still had. What's that? How many did you end up end uh, up with this year? Uh, well, I poached one. Um, <laughs> not, right. not, not literally. Um, I, no. I, I killed two by mistake <clears throat> at the very end of the season. Um, got to keep one of them called self-reported, got all that handled, mm-hmm. did all the up and up stuff. Um, but I got one, I guess the opening day of season B, like yep. not long in, into it. So when did you start your, what's that? I recall that. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were texting as I shot the, as I got that Tom basically. So uh, yep. when, when did your turkey season start? Were you A, B or when were you? I had B as well. I think I had B. D E and F, if I recall. Okay. Okay. And, I had my luck in B as well. And you got one during B, right? Yep. Okay. And that was with yep. what's your buddy's name? Logan. Logan. Okay. That's right. And yeah. y'all are out at um I'm trying to remember what That was at my folks' place. Oh, that was at your folks' place. That's right. 
That was at my folks' place. We went over to uh, my buddy Jim's. Jim, that's right. I, got to hunt I was too. trying to think and, of the uh, fake name we made up for him. Jim. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Old Jim. Old Jim. Man. So you didn't yeah, kill a turkey I, I, on Jim's place last year. Uh, this, this year, 2022, I did not. Wow. I okay. really botched it a number of times. Last year I killed two out there, um, in 2021. Okay. But this year, Things that got a little wise to me. But. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. So, and you had to work hard for that turkey in season B, right? Like you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Just given the, I mean, they were up in this field where they, they always are, but it's the field up on top of this ridge where they can just basically sit there and strut and have absolutely no reason to leave whatsoever. And we somehow were able to uh, coax them down into some really, really thick timber. <laughs> <laughs> downhill, which was a, a bit of a surprise, but worked out really well and ended up getting that bird at like, like nine yards or something like that. It was super, Jeez. super close. Really cool hunt. Now, is that where, <laughs> is that the field we hunted close to when we deer hunted? Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. Sweet. Just getting the Yeah. So the tree that you and I were in is about five yards away from the tree that I sat at the bottom of. Nice. Nice. Okay. Dude. We've said it before, man, the right five acres. Holy crap. Exactly. <laughs> that is awesome. Exactly. We'll That's be awesome. holding on to that one. For- yeah. Just want to take a quick minute to let you know that the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best point-of-view cameras on the market for hunters and anglers. They're on the cutting edge making user-friendly cameras to help the everyday outdoorsman share your hunt with friends and loved ones. Their new 6.0 camera has a ton of upgraded features this year, but the one I'm most excited about is the new LCD touchscreen. In my mind, that is a total game changer. And one area Tacticam really shines is with their mounts and adapters that are made with the sportsman in mind. If you've tried to film your hunting and fishing excursions, you know just how frustrating it can be to try to get an action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or in a good spot for a second angle. Well, Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their line of mounts and adapters. This fall, I'm going to be using their stabilizer mount on my bow with the 6.0 camera and their bendy clamp paired with the 5.0 wide camera for a second angle and to make sure I don't miss any of the action. To learn more and check out their full line of products, head over to their website, Tacticam.com, and share your hunt with Tacticam. So then we get into turkey season for me, man. I'm out there season B. I'm texting you. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. I think I said I saw Jake, and I was like, Yep. Should I should I let it rip, man? Because yeah, I, I, mean, I let one drive on a Jake. Yeah, because yeah, I mean I'm not, you know, I'm not a long time turkey hunter. I'm not a great turkey hunter. I I don't know what I should do. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard some kind of little half gobbles, you know. So I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure that's a Jake, you know, over there trying mm-hmm. to do his best impression. And then I hear one full go- like as soon as I text you that, I hear one like full gobble. I'm like, okay, I'm just yeah. gonna sit here and wait. Like I'm calling to these turkeys and they're not responding to me. There, there's clearly a large enough group back in the timber. They're all hinned mm-hmm. up. They're, they have no care in the world about me until they got to where they could see the decoys. And that's when that big one just came sprinting in, like tripping over his own beard, trying to get to the decoy <laughs> and <clears throat> ended up. And not just one beard, if I recall. Two, two beards, yeah. both of which were over 11 inches. So, God. not a bad bird to kick off the season. 
No, not at all. <laughs> not a bad bird. Uh, then, man, we we tried for the triple crown, and uh, we were gonna go. We were gonna go shoot turkeys in the morning. We were gonna go mm-hmm. catch some fish in the afternoon, and somewhere along the way, we were gonna pick up some mushrooms. And it just seemed like yep. such a well-made plan. I thought for sure Jim's place was gonna be covered up with morels. Um, Dude, I thought how, so too. How could it not? Right. I thought too that we were gonna shoot turkeys within you know, 45 minutes of first light. And Mm -hmm. I knew we'd catch fish and we, we ended up catching fish real easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, The turkeys just gave us the runaround. Like we spun circles on that property. Yeah. Trying to get on these birds. And there were birds on the property during the day. Mm -hmm. Like they were there. We were just on the wrong side of the Valley pretty much every time. That was it. Dude, it was a really, I mean, a runaround is the perfect description of that whole thing. That was such an, just a, an odd, super fun, but just an odd day of turkey hunting. Do you remember how foggy it was that morning? And I mean, we, you couldn't foggy. see across that little valley. And we were tripping over our stuff. We were getting set up. And realizing, cause I think it just rained and been pretty toasty the week prior until the grass just shot up. Yep. In this field that's normally totally open. Oh yeah, that's right. Because it was like knee high grass by that point. And remember, so remember that, dude. Yeah, because it was it had (laughs) heavy, heavy dew on the ground. So by the time we got set up, I mean we had basically been dumped. I mean it was we were drenched, absolutely drenched. (laughs) And then so we're sitting there. We hear turkeys off in the distance. We hear that one, and then dude, he just hammer right next to our cars. Just directly across the valley right where we parked like he had to be gobbling at my vehicle i don't know what else he would have been doing but that was it man they were they were done for the day uh, yeah you blew out your radio that morning too <laughs> oh my gosh I, I poured coffee into the little what are those things called they they plug into your cigarette lighter it's like a power inverter where you can plug yeah. a regular plug into this little box that you then plug that box yep. into your into your you know cigarette lighter, and I had poured coffee down into the inverter that morning on accident, and it just blew everything to smithereens, like it was just done. Um, so I had no radio, I had no clock, I had no idea what time it was, uh, just right. just going off the just going off the clock and the in the in the car uh zero phone charger from then on you know there was no yeah there was no charge in the cell phone or anything like that so things got a little bit hairy but we did get on i mean we made a play on at least one two because that first time we moved we had a turkey gobble right there on top of us like not far so two and then three did we get on four or three different birds that day? Like when we headed back. I think we had four because we got up on the on that peak and there was the one gobbling right by us. Yep. That then I think was just behind us. And we had a couple of hens back behind us too. I mean like 10 yards from us that were just sitting there doing little like locating cluck. Yep. Yep. And then on the opposite ridge where we had just come from, that one hammered. Oh, that's right. And then it started raining. So then we went over, talked to Jim, heard some of the best stories ever. Some and of the then, best stories uh, ever told. We went over. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
yeah, then we went back kind of to the north end of his property and we heard that one and we thought we were under that pine tree and we thought it was going to be perfect. It was wide open, but just never showed. Got a couple of responses and then moved one final time, I think. And it was by then it was like four o'clock and we were both just like drenched in sweat and just like completely depleted and <laughs> set up in the sun was just baking both of us. Yeah. And like let's, it was time to go fish. Yeah, let's go catch some fish because it's hot. I mean, yeah. it, is, it is killer hot. Dude, that spot, we were kind of set up next to a little building, too. There was a little building within, mm-hmm. you know, pretty yeah, close to us. Yeah. Dude, I thought for sure, I was like, this is going to be the spot. Because, like, we were so, pristine. oh, we were so tucked in. Imagine how beautiful it would have been had we had a, a gobbler come strutting kind of up over that hill. You know what right. I mean? With that, that little rise in the ag field, have him just pop up over that thing strutting. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that would have been amazing. But anyway, that didn't happen. We did go catch a lot of fish, though, so that was good. Yeah, uh, was Yeah, and man, after that, gosh, did you do any more turkey hunting after that? I think I had. Because you had a zone two tag, but you never made it over. Yep, I had the zone two tag that I didn't use. I think you and I went in, what, fifth season? Did we? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Pretty sure it was season E. I, yeah, I don't think I made it over for over to zone two for season F. No, we were hoping to, and though. And then, yeah. So season F ended up yeah, just I being think that crazy. Been. Yeah. So I went out one time. I think it was season F and roosted a bird the evening before got out to my spot. Couldn't find my cell phone. I knew I was going down into a marsh, turned around, came back out, mm-hmm. told a person where I roosted the turkey <laughs> at so that they could go kill it. Went around to the other side. Oh no, maybe that, that was in season B actually. That was earlier in the year. Season F is when yeah, I that got, was, that was a perfect storm. Yeah. <clears throat> season, season F is when I was on that bird and he was gobbling his head off and somebody snuck up underneath him and shot him straight out of the tree. Uh, which yeah. again, man, if that was you, good work. Glad you got him. Uh, <laughs> glad for you. Uh, then I actually, I reaped a Turkey for the first time. Now I've tried right. some fanning before and had not had it pay off. I've missed a Turkey with a fan um, just because they came in so close so fast. And then I reaped a bird. Um, that's how I actually accidentally ended up with two. Um, yeah. Kind of moved at the last second. <clears throat> that was exciting um, in a different way. I kind of, once I got done, I, now killing the two birds, I think probably tainted the whole experience. I think it could have been a lot cooler if mm-hmm. I hadn't made that mistake. Um, yeah. But I don't know that that'll be... It'll be in the bag of tricks, like if I've got a tag that's unfilled. Um, right. But it, Or if I need to get across a big ag field. But it won't be my go-to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It won't be like right. the thing mm-hmm. that I use. But, uh, man, all in all, like turkey season was a banger. I ended up killing three birds, technically two. Um, yeah. But I learned a ton just about, about calling. I learned a lot about setting mm-hmm. up. I learned a lot about being mobile and, and making moves on birds. There was one bird that, uh, the one that ended up getting shot out of the tree, 
I was in there on yeah. on another bird a little bit later that was roosting in the same spot, and he had come out in the field, and we had that really windy day. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Uh, there were like 40-plus mile-an-hour winds that were just whipping all day long. And oh, I had yeah. this bird flew down. He was strutting around in the middle <clears> of the field, and I'm sitting there calling to him, calling to him, calling to him. He has no clue that I'm even there. <laughs> like zero clue. <clears throat> so I back down, I get into the ditch. I take the ditch all the way around. I sneak on the field, on the line of the field. And I get all the way over to where I last saw him, where I saw him exit the field. And because I didn't see him right away, I kind of sat there for a minute and then I gave up and I stood up and I went and walked straight up into the woods where I saw him go up into the woods. And by the time I broke the wood line, he was 15 yards from me and took off running. So that's a lesson it seems like I have to learn every year. Like the turkeys are probably mm-hmm. still there. You know, I've got this thing in me that like for some reason when they quit gobbling, I feel like they just disappeared. Or if I can't see them, I feel like they're just magically. Then, yeah. yeah, it's like they're magically yep. gone. And I got to remember, they're probably still right there. Like they didn't just turn and like march straight away from you. You know what I mean? But. Right. I don't know. That's a lesson. Yeah, I, I, thinking back on it now, absolutely. I was just about to ask, what would you say your, your takeaways for, uh, for turkey season are? Cause I, that was one of the things that I was going to say as well. It's just that number of birds that I spooked out at Jim's place. Um, just being sloppy and not, yeah. you know, you know, doing some calling on my way in and not getting a response back. And being like, well, you know, they must not be there then, so I can just go over there and set up, or I should be fine, you know, setting up. And you know, it was it on that point that you and I sat on uh, uh, the second spot that you and I went after we uh, <clears throat> went up that super steep hill, and I was like, well, if I just go along the top of this hill, I ought to be fine. And the, I spooked, I think, at least three gobblers, <laughs> not not gobblers, three toms. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, off of that, just, you know, going in and out or, you know, just not being patient. And, you know, I think that's, that's definitely what I got to work on uh, for next year. But at the same time, just, I don't know. I, I think my, my biggest takeaway for the year is just understanding how sound travels yeah, and understanding like which calls are in fact loud enough. Cause the year before in 21, I killed all my birds using a, um, just using a diaphragm call with my mouth. And I was like, okay, it should be, should be loud enough and stuff. But then that day that I was hunting with Logan, I was trying to work my way down the hill to get him a bird, trying to do the same thing that he and I had just done. And he was like, you got to go louder. He was texting me. He's like, I can't, I, I can barely hear you. And I was only 60 ish yards downhill from him. Wow. And yeah. so, I mean, just that, and then also there, there was a couple other gobblers there was one that was just losing his mind, but I, I realized he couldn't hear me. And I ended up getting in really close to that bird unbeknownst to me. Um, but yeah, I think understanding which calls carry best and then using the terrain for uh, cover. I think were my two takeaways. What do you think yours were? Yeah, man, I think it's that, now, this was one of my takeaways from last turkey season, too, the one before, was mm-hmm. they probably are still there. 
you know, because like, I just, yeah. I get impatient and I rush it and I move on the birds too quickly. Um, and man, I can think, gosh, there's another story where I made a huge circle around us in public and almost sealed the deal and watched the bird fly up and roost and I couldn't hunt the next morning. It was just painful. But, uh, same thing there though, <laughs> like just be patient, wait them out. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a huge one. Huh, another takeaway from turkey season. I think, yeah, I think I need a, some some variety in my calling, like some more mm-hmm. more variety in my calling skills because, uh, again, like you, the year before, I'd killed all my birds with a mouth call. And this year I tried to branch out a little bit with a slate call, had a box call that I was carrying, and <clears> – <throat> Yeah, I just need to I need to branch out, need to learn new sounds, need to figure out, you know, more of the craft of calling a turkey because basically I've got one speed. If he likes some cuts and he likes some yelps, uh, then he's probably coming in. If he doesn't like cuts and he doesn't like yelps, then he's probably not coming in, you know, yep. because I don't have enough <laughs> variety in what I know how to do. Um, so I yeah. hope to put some time in here over the next couple of months. I mean, I'll start turkey hunting in early April. Um, here sure. in either either Georgia or Alabama. I'm not sure where I'll kick my season off, but um, hopefully I get drawn for the quota hunt here in, in Georgia and can do some hunting not too far from, yeah. from my house here. So That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Yeah, for sure. I, I guess this is a, a good time for me to admit I totally dropped the ball and I didn't get my application in for Turkey this year. So I am going to be hunting on some scrap tags. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up and roast you about that, but like, no. dude, how do you forget? They send you an email. Like they say, Hey, December 10th. I know. Is last <laughs> I know. And I had it on my personal email, but I didn't have it on my work email and I was glued to my work email and uh, just absentmindedly missed it, but we'll be all right. I like yeah. late season. Yeah, man. Sam Billhorn doesn't even hunt turkeys, and he got his in. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're gonna try to. Wait, you're taking. I was gonna say you're trying to get his his son a bird, right? Yeah, we'd like to, man. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, Absolutely. They've, they've got a lot of birds on his property, so you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what season he applied for yet. I need to get in touch with him and and find that out because, man, we've got some we've got some birds to kill this year. Pretty pretty pumped about that. Absolutely. I mean, I'm making one trip back to Wisconsin. I'm really trying to make a second. We'll see. <laughs> TBD. Dude, my wife is so gracious, man. She is so incredibly gracious. And I've got this horrible thing where as soon as she's gracious on one point, I like, I have to push it. Like she gives me an inch <laughs> and I'm like, I have to take a little bit more. So like tonight, yeah. tonight, for instance, Somebody texted me earlier in the day uh, before I'd heard back from you and they were like, Hey, you know, do you, I had somebody stand me up. Do you want to, you want to record a podcast real quick? And I'll be, a, I, I was going to be a, a guest on their show. I was like, yeah, sure. Let's mm-hmm. jump on. And I checked with the wife. Yeah, sure. Then later on, I'm like, or as soon as I get done with that, when I go upstairs, I'm like, Hey, I just heard back from Pierce. Can I go podcast some more? <laughs> you know, and it's like right at bedtime. So like, <laughs> so she's letting me come back in April for turkey hunting. And I'm like, you know, early season's real cool. I love hunting early season turkeys. I love it. Yeah. I love the way they respond to decoys. 
in the early season. I love seeing that. Absolutely. I also love the sneak through the tall grass game in the late season. So mm-hmm. I kind of might need a little bit of that too. So I haven't pushed it yet, yeah. but I probably will. So, uh, God, man, I told you that I, I had all night that we could, we could record. You should have told me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's all good, man. It's all good. This episode is brought to you by the Onyx Hunt app. Onyx gives you up-to-date landowner information, color-coded public and private land boundaries, and gives you a ton of tools to help you hunt smarter. One tool I'm loving right now is their optimal wind feature, which lets you set the optimal wind for a given location, then tells you in real time whether the wind is good, bad, or just okay for that spot. You can try it risk-free for seven days right now. Just download the Onyx Hunt app on your preferred app store today. So let's fast forward. We, we've talked a little bit about, about guiding and you had a great guiding year and that kind of thing. So we'll, we'll skip summer. Mm-hmm. Um, Going to skip all the way forward to deer season. Let's you know, talk- one thing I do want to throw in here yeah. real quick sure. before we skip to deer season is I only got to do it for one day, but it was one of the cooler fly fishing experiences I've had in quite a while. And that was the chance to target carp on the fly. Oh. And that was a freaking riot. So what makes Dude, that more fun? Than, or what makes well, that awesome? Well, if you talk to uh, anyone from down by Chicago who uh, is familiar with the, the Orvis shop over in uh, – Lombard, um, New Yorktown mall, the fishing manager, Ike Rhodes over there is an absolute carp snob to the point where he's told me that he has no interest in coming up to, uh, fish for trout, even though I've tried to coax him up here because he's like, no man, they're too easy. I won't do it. They're too easy. It's not worth the trip. Now he did make it up here, uh, for another Orbis event this year. However, the deal with carp is they, so they're, they're bottom feeders. So they feed off of scent and smell. That's the same thing. Scent and taste. Sorry. Um, (laughs) And, uh, Uh. (laughs) so basically, you know, you're not, you know, flies don't have any, any scent. You're not soaking your fly in, you know, stink bait or, you know, whatever, like you would a catfish or any other, those bottom feeders or anything like that. So you got to get your fly super, super close to these fish and you got to find carp that are feeding or at least drop something in front of one's face where it's just a super easy meal for them. That being said, they've got really good hearing, super dense head, so they just it amplifies every bit of noise. And so a lot of it, I mean, you're, you're sight fishing to these fish, and you got to figure out which direction they're facing. you got to basically cast over top of them. Stan uh, Bolio is from uh, DuPage Fly Fishing Company over in Naperville. This guy who took me out. Anybody wanting to get into rough fish or warm water fly fishing, you need to get in touch with this guy because he's one of the fishiest guys I know. It's an awesome dude. Um, so he took me out and basically was telling me about the, the drag and drop. Where basically, you cast over top of them a couple of feet, and then you lift your rod tip to basically drag your fly towards them and then you lower it right away kind of abruptly to drop it right next to their face and so then hopefully they see that you can't put it directly in front of their face it's got to be kind of at a 45 um or off to the side because they can't see directly in front of them but drop it in there 
and it's just this weird buggy kind of scrappy looking fly. Um, or most carp flies are, and you just hope that they're curious enough to turn their head and put it in their mouth and then set the hook Dude. hard and fast and buckle up. Cause I mean, this is, this is your opportunity to catch, you know, 15, 20 pound fish on a fly rod, you know, in most places you can find them pretty easily. And man, that was just a riot. Cause it, I mean, you got to stalk them because they're so spooky. And so you know, the stalking of that and the, you know, trying to spot them and trying to you know, get your fly to them without actually spooking them and all that stuff and trying to just put it right where they need to be. Cause sometimes they're kind of moving. So you got to lead them a little bit and hope for the best. And, it was just a totally different challenge, uh, you know, than, than what I'm used to with, with trout or smallmouth or anything like that. And so yeah. that was, that's something I, I hope to do a lot more of, uh, in the coming, in the coming year here. Yeah, dude. Well, and I know of a place, I know of a specific, yes, you, I've got it pinned still. Dude, <laughs> I need to make it over there. <laughs> you need to make it there for more than one reason. That spot is special. That I do like turkeys, deer, trout, giant carp, pheasants. pheasants, like, it's just one of those places, man. It's just one of those places. And <laughs> it gets, gonna, I'll be making some trips over there this year, I think. Yeah, well, dude, it got hammered this year by the pressure, mm-hmm. and there were still good deer on this place and yep. still decent deer moving on this place. So I hope that it doesn't continue to get that level of pressure because it was unlike anything I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past, but sure. Yeah. So we'll see. Do you think this year it got more pressure than it did like during, you know, the, the pandemic and all that stuff. And even last year, for sure. Really? For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Without a question, without a question, uh, not necessarily more pheasant pressure because it always gets a ton of pheasant sure. pressure, but it got more, it got yeah. more bow hunting pressure, um, mm-hmm. during the rut at least. It didn't get. Yeah. It didn't appear to get as much during the early season. Um, <clears throat> okay. I had a lot of cameras in a lot of good places that should have been getting people on them, and they just weren't. Mm-hmm. Like guys were just not really? accessing these areas. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, early season may come into play uh, this sure. year a little bit because I, I learned a lot um, during my first trip up this this year. Learned a lot about how the deer are betting when they are not pressured. And if mm-hmm. I can get into there next year, I feel pretty good about my chances because I saw some real good deer. Um, I was going to say, you kicked that one up after you walked right past him, you were saying, right? Yeah, he was a mega. Um, mm-hmm. I would have I would have happily filled my tag with him. Uh, <laughs> and then the second one wasn't small. Like, I'd have been pretty tickled with him as well. Um Sure. And that was early October. It was like October 2nd. And they were, yeah. they were both bedded within 60 yards of a, of a walking trail, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just, they just weren't getting pushed around yet. Um, and they usually are right. like, they usually are getting hit. So I don't know if guys just reallocated their time to push it all into the rut this year. Or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's a guy or two that typically hunts back there late or early season and they just decided not to this year. I don't know. But sure. it, it just didn't get the uh, didn't get the level of pressure early mm-hmm. season. But it certainly got it yeah. later in the year. 
Absolutely. So. That's interesting, man. Cause I, I wasn't sure because we saw it in fly fishing as well. Um, just the number of folks that were out on the water um, that, that got into, you know, whether it be hunting or fishing or whatever it is, um, you know, during the pandemic, they had all that free time and they were able to, you know, work from home and get some time to shoot out and do all that stuff. And I was curious to see if we were going to see any sort of a drop off, um, in, in the number of people out there and pressure as folks started getting back to work and having less time on their hands and all that. And I think I've, from what I've been able to tell that the amount of gently used gear in circulation is quite a bit higher, but I think, I think pressure is still, it's remained fairly constant from what I've been able to tell. Yeah. I don't know that it's necessarily more people total, but mm-hmm. I think enough people now have enough flexibility. Like a couple of the guys that I talked to sure. were like, hey, I got to be at a work meeting by 10, but I can jump on on Zoom. So I'm just going to be back at my car by then. So I think guys have flexibility right. that they didn't have pre-pandemic. So those guys that, mm-hmm. you know, have those flexible jobs, they're going out and hunting before work. Instead of being right. at the office for eight, they're, you know, answering emails in the tree stand and then making their virtual exactly. meeting by 1030 you know, yeah. loosely throughout a day, getting the same amount of work done, but they've got a little bit more time to hit the woods. Totally. Yeah, uh, that's a great point. Anyways, well, man, let's circle. So <clears throat> we don't have a ton of time left, but let's circle to deer season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, rate your deer season and then give me one or two key takeaways. Man, I would say my deer season was, I mean, most fun I've had deer hunting in quite a while. Honestly, I would give my deer season a 10. My, my goal, as we talked about, um, a couple of times to fill my first, uh, archery buck tag. And I was able to do that on November 3rd. Um, got to get some good rut action in there. Um, which then actually allowed me to try duck hunting for the first time with my buddy Logan also, Nice. which dude, I will be doing more of that next year. Yeah. I think my, my early fall is going to be consumed by that if, uh, if I'm not careful. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I think my deer season was great. Um, got a lot, I think got a lot dialed in just from an archery standpoint, you know, first year hunting from a saddle, um, as well, which was, it was definitely a learning curve there. But uh, I think going into next year, I've got, a lot better grasp on uh, how to approach things and all that. Um, yeah, I, I think my, my biggest takeaways, um, I should say also, like I didn't really get that much uh, hunting in during gun season. Uh, I had some family stuff going on opening weekend that I wasn't able to hunt too much. And on top of it, it was just freezing. But <laughs> um, And then of course, later in the week when I could hunt, it was like mid forties and sunny. So there was like nothing moving, but yeah. Um, I would say my, my takeaways for deer season this year, um, I guess one thing I want to continue to do is uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to continue with the amount of archery practice, um, you know, the target practice that I did this year, um, and the style of practice that I did just kind of trying different, you know, different shots angles, different, you know, shooting at different types of targets, um, just to really hone in the form. Um, I haven't shot really since 
I shot that buck, uh, which I'm kind of kicking myself for, but also it's been pretty darn cold and I've been really busy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I, I think just, you know, really getting the bow dialed in and getting comfortable and confident with, uh, with my shooting there is something I'm definitely going to be continuing to work on next year. Um, I, I mean, having the results that I did this year, I think I'm going to be trying to do maybe a little bit more decoying uh, yeah. during the rut next year and just see what happens there. Um, <clears throat> honestly, I, th- I think this year's bow season was kind of like a mindset thing. As we talked about, there was that one buck that was at 30 yards that I decided to pass because I didn't think he was the right one. Well, November 30 was the right one. Um, <laughs> I love when that. he was coming in with his mouth hanging open and a big swollen neck. But, oh yeah. Um, you know, my, my first hunt of the year, I set out just to shoot a doe for meat and all that. I ended up just sitting there in the stand cause I just wasn't, wasn't quite in the, in the headspace for it. So that's something I think I'm going to be kind of, I don't know, a little bit more aware of next year, I think just cause it was, there's a lot going on this fall and, uh, I don't regret not shooting the deer or shooting at a doe or anything like that, but, uh, I don't know. Definitely going to make sure I buy my fall turkey tag right off the bat next year because I could have smoked Tom during that hunt that I would have gladly, gladly let fly on. But, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it was a good balance of, uh, I don't know, stressing out over, hunting and being able to sit back and enjoy the hunt and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think just trying to keep that in perspective for next year and just really focus on taking your time, doing things right. And, uh, just placing an emphasis on enjoying the hunt. Um, I think it's going to be my, my takeaways from this year and what I'm going to try and continue to do next year. What about you? Yeah, man. So I have to, my gosh, I didn't hunt as much as I thought I would or as much as I would have liked mm-hmm. to uh, here in the South. Um, but I've got to give my season a 10, man. Like, I, goodness gracious. I started off. I think you crammed all the highs and lows of an entire season into, oh, like, that week that you were up dude, here, man. It was, it, and weather, <laughs> and weather for a season yep. into those two weeks. Like, so to kick off the season with two days of hunting, um, you know, really quick trip, but I've got two days to hunt. And one, I get to hunt with you. You know, we got to hang in a stand together, or hang, yep. hang from a tree together. Yeah. That was just cool, man, hunting with a buddy. Absolutely. Evening, evening before that, I get on two good bucks, like, real fast. And had I been a little bit smarter, I probably would have hunted a little more patiently. I knew there was no hunter sign back in there when I worked my way in. I was pumped that there was no hunter sign. But I thought, I just Mm -hmm. need to get this last 10 yards so I can put this camera up. And that's when I bumped the first one, you know, the really good one. Yeah. So, and that, so that big 11 that I sent you pictures Mm -hmm. of that I was like, I missed him by an hour and a half. That was, uh, that camera is the camera that picked him up. And that camera was the one that was picking him up most often. So I think that may have been him. So what I, he could have been dude. So if, if it, if that's true. I thought I kicked up a 120 to 135-ish deer. Yeah. Uh, 
if that's true, I actually kicked up a, like a 155 plus kind of deer. So, I mean, he's a giant. And I sent you some pictures. Uh, I don't know what your evaluation of him is. I think he's a three-year-old. Like I thought so too. <laughs> and he's a freak. Yeah, he's a big body dude. Did you ever hear back on the buck that you shot? Uh, on age? Yeah. No, I, I, I never, um, I never really asked too much, but going off of his body, off of pictures that I have, I've shared the, Mm -hmm. you know, pictures of him. Once I pulled my cameras, I was like, oh, I had this dude on camera a lot on these other cameras. And, um, and then looking at his teeth, obviously when we, when we had him on the ground and then, um, I measured him, I measured his face like you were telling me. And he was, mm-hmm. he was a little over seven and a half inches, which yeah. it was what you Probably said. Four was the four, yeah. So I figured he was a yeah. four year old, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, so yeah, good, good deer. But I think that other one's a three year old dude. And so if he is this, this year, he could be just a freak if he made it through the season. Yeah, sure. Um, I know a lot of guys had him on camera though. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to get a little bit more information about his movement patterns. So yeah. that's good. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if you're out there hunting public land, don't be afraid to give away a little info because folks will give it back and you can, I mean, at least one of you gets the deer, right? You know, if, if right. the other guy shoots it, at least one of you got him. So anyway, so starting off like that and then getting there to Wisconsin and, you know, for the rut hunt and it just being a grind, man, just all the adversity, the horrible weather, the hunting pressure being just through the roof, um, still getting on deer, still seeing good movement, yeah. not seeing the rutting activity of previous years, but still being able to get it done. I don't know about you. I have zero confidence on afternoon hunts during the rut. I'm all about the mornings. <laughs> um, all three mature bucks mature buck encounters that I had were in the afternoon. We're all after like 4 yep. PM, you know? <laughs> so that's a huge thing. And then just learning to keep going, um, learning to keep going after, um, after all of that and, and persevering. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so I think, I think I have to give the season a 10. I think a uh, couple takeaways for me. Number one, the, the grind factor is real. You just got to keep going, man. Because it, it yep. really is Absolutely. sweet when it comes together. And, um, but you know, with that grind factor, having those resets, we've talked about the coffee reset and different things before. Yeah. Gotta do it, man. I did those and they kept me going just enough to get in there fresh and kill that buck when I did. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, man. Second takeaway is let the deer tell you what they're doing and stop being so friggin' hard headed. Like they were trying to tell me that they wanted to be 65 or so yards to my south, no, north, to my north. I kept seeing them crossing there. I saw them heading that direction. I was seeing eyeballs on the way in, eyeballs on the way out, Mm -hmm. and I just didn't pay attention. I insist, like, no, there are scrapes down there, and I'm going to hunt those scrapes. Yeah. Well, when I finally paid attention, I got the buck. Um and then I'm and then I'm gonna give a third takeaway, um, yeah. which is don't be afraid to hunt a spot really hard. 
I hunted that general area really hard, like so hard mm-hmm. that some folks probably would have said, hey, you overpressured that spot. Because I think I hunted it four different times in a, yep. in a nine-day span. That's a lot of hunting. You know, that, that's, yeah, a lot of, that's a lot of being in there. But it was the right spot. And my access was clean enough. It wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. but it was clean enough. And enough other right. guys were around me making mistakes that it continued mm-hmm. to be the right spot. So totally. anyway, don't be afraid to pressure that, them. I think that's, uh, that's the key right there is, you know, the, especially on that pressured land. I remember you saying like, dude, I just heard somebody, they were rattling like crazy, like right at first light, like right at last light. Right before, wasn't yeah. it? dude. So right before last light. And then, and then a nice satisfying thud. Yeah. Yeah. Right up the hill. <laughs> Turned out to be the guy I met a few days earlier. So, I got yeah, a, that's right. He sent me a picture of the buck that he shot. And I was like, it was the one I had had an encounter with a few days earlier that came in downwind mm-hmm. of me. He was, when I heard the rattling, I was like, oh, he's right where I was the other night. Okay, cool. And then he yeah. shot and he ended up shooting that buck. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, I end up with, with the one that I got. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Cool encounter. Uh, especially on the pressured land. I mean, yeah. You know, you're don't, don't assume you're the only one hunting an area. So even if you rest it, someone else might be in there the next day when you're out of there. So yeah, that's exactly <clears> right. That's exactly right. And the yeah. and the deer are out there every day, like they know what's happening. They mm-hmm. know what's going on. They're mm-hmm. they're not going to leave the property, um, especially when they're used to getting pressured. It's just how are they going to use it different? And that was that was a large right. part of my success was just saying okay with this pressure, how are they going to use it differently than maybe they would have before? So, totally. All right. The final question here. What are you, uh, what are you looking forward to the most in 2023? Yeah, man, that's a good question, dude. That's a hard one, man. Um, is there anything new you're going to do next year? There's going to be nothing, nothing brand new. Like I'm not, I, Mm-hmm. No, like brand new experiences that I have in mind, but like, um, going to do a lot of camping with the family. We bought a camper this year, so that's going to be awesome. Right. Looking forward to year two, um, and completing my first year of just quitting my job and walking away and doing the outdoor thing. You know, that's, Hell yeah, that, dude, that's been awesome and, a, and a ton of fun. Um, Honestly, man, I'm, I'm just really grateful that I get another go at this, you know, that I get another go around of, um, time with family, turkey hunting, deer hunting, do the whole thing again, Mm -hmm. just like I did this year. Like that's basically my goal is to repeat 2022, except the first part of my 2022 kind of sucked because things at work sucked. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I quit my job and things got a lot better. So my yeah so my goal is to like duplicate the second half of 2022 just with family family camping trips dude we've got so many camping trips planned it's ridiculous and then fun in the outdoors and hopefully actually i do think there's one thing i'm looking forward to the most my son has got the fire in his eyes to go kill a turkey this year Um, yes sir because we got him that experience last turkey season yeah 
four of them gobbled right in his face, like 15 yards. Mm -hmm. He's sitting in the middle of a field (laughs) behind a decoy and, you know, he's losing his mind. So he is ready. He heard a, I was watching a video the other day. He heard a Tom gobble. He sprinted down the stairs and ran to the window looking out in the backyard because he thought there was a turkey gobble in the backyard. That's awesome. Yeah, so he was fired. So, anyway. That's so cool, man. What about you? 2023, most looking forward to? (sighs) It's a lot easier asking that question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I... I think I'm really, really looking forward to another guide season. I, I really had a blast of the last year. I'm looking forward to really fine tuning some stuff and dialing things in. Um, very much looking forward to trying out some more waterfowl hunting nice. next year. I, I that was I, I got really lucky in my first shot that I took at uh, one of our one of the ducks that we had come in uh, hit home and I got a nice little diver and uh after that i was like okay so i can do this this is cool like granted i missed every bird after that but um (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty stoked to uh i'd like to try that a little bit more um other than that i mean really just trying to find more ways to get outside i think you know i'd like to do a little bit more hiking next year maybe visit a couple of national parks um you know, do some out of state stuff if I can, even whether it be hunting or fishing. Um, and just try and keep things fresh on top of the, you know, the, the normal turkey and deer hunting and all that. So, yeah. yeah. Sound, sounds Hopefully good, man. Up. Maybe Absolutely. We'll, maybe we'll Hopefully kill a turkey together. A few more, few more I was going to say, dude, I would, that's what I should have said is I, my goal for next year, I think, is to, to hunt and fish with more people. Yeah. Cause that was, I mean, dude, all of like our turkey hunts, our deer hunts, um, you know, fishing together, like all that stuff. And like, I mean, just yeah, even texting and stuff back and forth. I mean, dude, it was a blast getting to, you know, kind of go through every season this year, uh, with you and, you know, brainstorm stuff and go back and forth and bounce ideas off of each other, man. It was, I, I'm definitely hoping to do that a lot more of that next year as well. So heck yeah, I'm pretty excited. Sweet man. Well, Listen, we're going to do another episode very soon where we're going to talk winter trout fishing. But until then, where can folks find you if they want to get a hold of you? Uh, goodchanceflyfishing.com or if you're on Instagram, uh, is at goodchanceflyfishing. I've been uh, a little dormant on there for on the social media for a while, kind of taking a break from it, but we'll be livening up real soon. And also anyone in the Chicagoland area or who wants to make a trip down there, I will be doing a driftless uh, fly tying class uh, at DuPage Fly Fishing Company over in Naperville on Wednesday, January 18th. If you want to pop in, uh, it'd be great to see some folks. Nice. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. You bet, man. Thanks for having me. That's all for this week's episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you dig this show, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you get your podcasts. While you're at it, if you could leave me a five-star review, I would very much appreciate that. You can also follow along with my outdoor adventures on Instagram at the Wisconsin Sportsman or at How to Hunt Deer. That's also the best way to get a hold of me. Suggest topics, guests, or questions that you'd like me to explore on the show. Big thanks to our partners, Tacticam, 
Huntworth, and Onyx. Please go support the brands that support this show. And if you're looking for more great outdoor content, check out thesportsmansempire.com, where you'll find my other podcast, the How to Hunt Deer podcast, as well as a ton of other awesome outdoor podcasts. And until next time, make sure you make the time to get outside and enjoy the incredible natural resources that are ours as Wisconsin sportsmen.